On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, Alexei Pokashevsky deals with another injury. What is the fallout for his future with the Thunder and the future of this season? Who will step up in his place in the rotation? And what changes have to be made for the Thunder because of this? We'll talk about all that and more coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. You can text the show, 405-963-3686. On today's show, we're diving into yet another Alexei Pokashevsky injury. What does this mean for his future with the Thunder? Who will step up in his absence? And how will this impact the season for the Thunder? Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you. Talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode. We've had a jam-packed week so far. We'll continue that to in this week. And, of course, we're here for you every day. So subscribe, subscribe, subscribe anywhere you get your podcast from. But... Alexei Pokashevsky deals with yet another injury. Uh, it happened during a preseason workout uh, this week. He is going to be out for approximately six weeks, you know, six to eight weeks, I would say, with that ankle sprain. Uh, from what I understand, he was going up to block a shot and landed on somebody's foot, and it, it kind of sprained his ankle, of course. Uh, this is not uh, abnormal uh, in terms of the the recovery time. I think that Whenever you see ankle sprain, you assume it's something minor. But we saw this last year with Jeremiah Robinson Earl, uh, who suffered an ankle sprain. He told me it was a grade three ankle sprain, and that's what kept him out for so long um, before he could come back and rehab with the blue and then get back on the court with the thunder. So this is not out of the ordinary. But, you know, first and foremost, with the Pokashevsky injury, you just kind of got to take away all the basketball dialogue, all the memes, all the jokes, everything, and just see that this is – a string of bad luck, and it absolutely, you know, sucks for Pokashevsky. He he got hurt last year uh, at the end of December, broke his leg playing the best basketball of his NBA career uh, this summer, which is a pivotal one for him. He's heading into a contract year. He he had the arm injury in July that kept him out, and now he gets back on the court and has this ankle injury uh, as they begin to pile up here for Poku. But you know, ultimately. This is a basketball play that can happen to to anyone. Again, we mentioned it before, Jeremiah Rumpsnerl. It happened to him, and nobody's calling him a tall, skinny white guy because he he was out for so long with an ankle sprain. So it, it is a bit, um, you know, unfair. Some some of the some of the jokes and everything that Poku gets uh, put on him with this injury. And at the end of the day, you just have to uh, feel for him. And uh, of course, he'll be back in six to eight weeks. So that, that puts him missing the entire preseason. Uh, missing a training camp, of course, and then and then it puts him right around November to return. So we'll miss the start of the season as well, uh, as long as this timeline kind of goes the way that it, it's being uh, portrayed right now. So he'll miss the start of the season, and that leads to a lot of questions on a lot of different fronts. And and one of the most uh, interesting for me is is his contract situation. So 
he's entering the last year of his contract. He's a restricted free agent at the end of the season. Um, and we know that to this point, you know, the Thunder have had a, a pretty, um, you know, strict view on restricted free agents. It's not, it's not typical that they get there. Uh, typically something gets resolved before restricted free agency. In the case of Baisley last year, it was being traded at the deadline. Um, and there's no, uh, there's no offseason extension to this point for Poku. And there, were, there wasn't projected to be one. And, and a lot of the reason why there wasn't projected to be one is because, you know, in order for there to be an extension, it, it would have to be so team friendly that Poku might as well bet on himself. But I wonder if that changes. I wonder if, um, you know, obviously the Thunder are going to do their due diligence and these two sides are going to talk and everything. But I wonder, um, as you sit here with three injuries within the calendar year and, and you know the Thunder still really believe and like Poku, um, and, and believe that November stretch could be something that that he kind of is now, uh, it, but he just has to get a longer runway to show it without getting hurt. Uh, could could this change the perspective of uh, being more inclined to accept an extremely team friendly deal uh, just to simply give him more time to to show his potential and and, and to uh, grow into the player that the Thunder uh, think he can be. And, and the benefit for Poku in this case, uh, if he was, if he were to take the team-friendly deal on the extension, would be the security, obviously, because you know you, this is a guy that's dealt with injuries and everything. You want that security, but also, you know, he's 21 years old, and so if he takes this deal, he'll still have plenty of time if he proves himself to earn a bigger payday. So he's still, in a way able to bet on himself just because of his age while taking a team-friendly deal. Now, obviously, th this is just speculation, and, and I'm just guessing here, but uh, th th these two sides will talk, and I'm, I'm very interested to see um, how this how this unfolds in terms of contractually for Poku uh, moving forward because the Thunder do really like Poku, and you know I think that last year you saw, and kind of the most disappointing part of, of this injury is that last year you saw Poku play very differently. And you saw it from training camp through his time before he got hurt. And, and really, you've got to consider that that end of December injury as the end of his season. Uh, he, he did come back technically, but it, nothing was the same whenever he came back. So, uh, for, for, so from training camp through December, he looked totally different as a player. And, and Mark talked about it, how he looked unrecognizable. And you saw, I think, him uh, take the pressure off of himself. From the outside looking in, it looked like he went from – trying to live up to that unicorn label, trying to uh, prove everyone right who thought he could be this kind of seven-foot all-star playmaker type player. And just instead of, of trying to do that, he instead last year uh, tried to play within himself and tried to um, just play his role. And it worked out really well. And, and sadly, we only got to see it for a couple months. And, and, now, and now we're waiting to see how he gets back into the, the swing of things. But this is a tough, tough blow for Poku specifically. And it also does tweak some things with the Thunder's rotation because I do believe that uh, Poku would, was going to be a guy who got some minutes for Mark. And uh, you know that, of course, Mark will play everyone and, and will circle through the Rolodex of players uh, routinely every single night. But I think that Poku was one of the guys that was going to uh, probably get some of the first shots to play uh, and to play some big minutes. And so now you have a whole training camp to rework that, which is good for the team. And you have some young players who really can benefit from, from this opportunity to get more minutes right out of the shoot. It's just a matter of figuring out which young players will look at this, take this opportunity and run with it. 
And then for Poku individually, what does this mean given this injury? We'll talk about all that coming up. But first, I want to say right now about good friends over at Jace Medical. Folks, go there right now to jacemedical.com to get yours today. And so what Jace Medical is, everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during an unexpected situation. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use to give you peace of mind that you know that no matter what happens, you have access to the medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure that you have the medication on hand. Jace Medical is simple. Uh, you can go there right now and they handle everything from the online evaluation uh, to the licensed pharmacists uh, and also medication delivery as well. Plus, they have ongoing consult, uh, you know, consultations and care for you. So do not get caught unprepared. You can go and save more than $360 by getting the life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical. Plus, you can save an additional $20 off by entering code LOCKEDON at checkout. That's jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E medical.com, promo code LOCKEDON. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast from so you never miss an episode. And we're diving into this Poku injury. So what this sets in place for Poku, the fact that he has to miss training camp, the fact that he has to miss the preseason uh, and obviously regular season time as well, that's just to get to the reevaluation date. You're obviously going to have some ramp up period to some extent to get back to NBA minutes. And so while this is a huge opportunity for other players to steal minutes and to, and to kind of prove themselves, it's going to be interesting to figure out what Poku can do now this season, because Poku will now be fighting for those minutes as he returns. Cause you're, you're going to have somewhat of a flow at that point, whenever he returns and you're going to be coming into it a bit cold and, now you have to knock the rust off. You have to get back into a rhythm and it gets increasingly harder to get back into a rhythm whenever your minutes are bouncing back and forth between large sums of minutes, reduced minutes, and even some stretches where you just don't play. And so having to balance that will be a, a difficult challenge for Poku. This injury uh, is, is tough for him in terms of starting this you know contract year on the right foot on the court. Uh, but there are some huge names that you can look out for to uh, potentially replace Poku in the rotation early on. And and to me, the biggest name is Usman Jang. Like Usman Jang is someone who, of course, you've invested a lottery pick into. You traded up to go get him uh, to ensure you could have three lottery picks. And with that investment, of course, comes expectation. And for Usman Jang, last year was a bit of a roller coaster, a bit of a you know up and down season. He had the wrist injury in summer league, an unrelated wrist injury uh, in the regular season. Uh, he he had some great flashes in the G League. Uh, he had some great games in the NBA, like that game against Atlanta, like that possession where he locked up Steph Curry. Uh, but ultimately, it didn't all come together. And by all accounts, Usman Jang's had a really good summer, and I think that he could be someone who um, gets hold of this opportunity. And makes the most of it. Here's a guy that is, you know, 6'11". He's a playmaker. He's a versatile defender. He's a great cutter. He's a great rim finisher. He checks all the boxes of things that that Mark and the Thunder really value. And so with, with a, a longer leash to start the year, you could see him solidify himself in that rotation as a year two player uh, and a former lottery pick. 
So Usman Jang, I think, has a lot of, I would say, pressure on him by the fan base, not not internally, but like by the fan base pressure on him to step up without Pokashevsky, especially playing that four position uh, and, and how he can, you know, use training camp, use preseason to kind of launch pad him into the season. Of course, you're also going to look at Kendrick Williams. Uh, he will be leaned on either way. Like this is this is not going to be a po- a product of Poku's injury. This will be like Kenny was going to play any anyway, no matter who's healthy or whatever. But um, I think it does change things for Kendrick Williams in terms of we saw last year that you know during certain stretches of the season he still got a, a DNP here or there, um, and, and he plays a physical style of basketball that could have been for the simple fact of keeping him, keeping him healthy and trying to kind of. Uh, manage the wear and tear in his body. I don't know that for a fact, but that's kind of that could have been part of the thought process of, of sometimes not playing him in certain games. I think that that kind of gets reduced now to where he's going to have to be playing more and more and more and, and nearly play every night that he's healthy for uh, with now Poku out and, and you want him, you know, getting as much minutes as possible. So I think that it changes things for Kenny Hustle a little bit. I also think that it, that it allows the Thunder to potentially get creative. And you know that the Thunder love doing that. You know that the Thunder love uh, trying to uh, think outside the box. And one way to do it would be, you know, with Poku out, front-loading Davis Breton's games. Now, we know that he has to play in less than 75% of games in order to be waived this, this summer for $5 million instead of paying him the, you know, 16 or whatever he's owed. Um, but you can front-load those games with Poku out. And you can have a veteran who can knock down three-pointers and help you in games and help you uh, try to win in certain matchups. Uh, and and then on the back end, as Poku gets healthy and as this team rounds into form, then you go on that string of DNP CDs and, and, and kind of don't let him hit that 75% mark, which you know he, has, he hasn't really been in danger of hitting that mark the last couple of years anyway uh, for his previous teams. But it's especially cautious for the Thunder to not let him get there. Uh, this season. So maybe you front load some Bertans games here with Poku out. Now that's just a complete guess and might not happen, but it is a creative way to look at it. Um, try to guess what the Thunder might piece work together. And then you got Wiggins and Jaywell. You know, Wiggins can play the four, Jaywell can play the four or the five. Uh, to me, uh, to me with this injury, it clears it clears some things up and clears some minutes. Like like the 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 bottom line is the Thunder have a lot of guys who you really like and want to see play basketball. And when you subtract anyone, uh, that that number dwindles to where it's now easier to spread those minutes around. But Wiggins should be a staple of the rotation, in my opinion. And him and Jay will uh, kind of need to step up here without Poku as well. Uh, and then and then you have some outside looking in guys like like this is an opportunity where Kante Johnson. Like the Thunder are not scared to play two-way players. And if Keontae Johnson just comes into training camp and is an incredible basketball player and is blowing them away with his professionalism, with his athleticism, with his uh, rim finishing, cutting, and, and defensive prowess, if he's just blowing them away, and I expect him to get um, some some preseason minutes in bulk because you know they have a few interesting travel dates and then they have a, a, a fairly jam-packed preseason schedule. So I'd expect them as they... I don't want to do too much with their regulars. Uh, no team does in the preseason. But expect Kathy Johnson to get a pretty long runway in preseason. And so if he just dominates training camp and uh, dominates preseason and the Thunder, we know, aren't afraid to play two ways, could you see them going small and giving more opportunity to Kathy Johnson in season than they otherwise would have had Pokashevsky been, been healthy? 
And then that same question goes for Cason Wallace to a lesser extent. Uh, I think Cason was, al was always going to be factored in the mix uh, of the rotation. But again, if he absolutely kills training camp in preseason, you can now go quote unquote smaller and, 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 and no longer pencil in that spot for Poku and go smaller with that second group and, and, and get case in more minutes and opportunity. But I think that case and Wallace kind of gets forgot about a little bit. Like Sam Presti, you, you can, you can point to a few draft mistakes and we all can, right. But those mistakes don't happen in the top 10. And, and so he felt so good about, about uh, case and Wallace. He traded up in the top 10 to go get them. Uh, I, I think that that, that should really, just highlight how good Cason Wallace is and, and what he can do for this Thunder team. I'm really excited about Cason Wallace uh, and, and kind of seeing what, what he can what he can become here for the Thunder. But we'll talk about uh, this some more in terms of how this impacts the rotation, what Poku uh, kind of will will now see this season uh, coming up. But this is going to be uh, just a a tough tough year for Poku. And I, and I just wonder all the fallout from it. I know that the fan base is a little bit restless right now with Poku, but you have to remember a lot of things when talking about Poku. Number one, he's still so young. Like, like his career, despite us watching him for a long time, it, it kind of reminds me of, of like the newness has worn off on him, but it really hasn't in the sense of uh, actual playing days. Like Poku was, was on, all these rebuilding teams because he was the kind of the, the one that got drafted first. And, um, and so we, we feel like we've watched him for years and years and years, but in the grand scheme of things, he still has not played uh, too much basketball. And when you really narrow it down to playing basketball with a flushed out roster, he's, he's hardly gotten any opportunity to do that. Uh, and so I think there's, I think that there is a correlation between last year's roster was obviously more competitive and more um, geared geared with winning caliber players and, and had the ability to win games and just better players in general. And you saw him play his best basketball because he was able to get get thrown into a role where the reins are pulled back in. And so when you see those reins loosen, it's whenever you see some mistake in blooper plays from Boku. But when the rain when the reins got reeled in for Boku last year, he played his best basketball. And so he hasn't gotten that many that much opportunity to play with the with the reins reeled in, uh, and, and I think that also with Boku, you know, you can look around the spot he was drafted, and there were a lot of talented players drafted there, um, but I'm not I can't necessarily hold that against the Thunder because of what Poku represented, and not not his unicorn potential. That would have been great had he hit that unicorn ceiling, but for lack of a better phrase, you didn't care about winning the season after Poku. You wanted that high upside swing. You wanted the chance that like this guy could be a superstar. And on paper, who had the highest chance to be a superstar going into that draft was Pokashevsky, but he also had the more realistic lowest floor. So I think that the context of why Pokashevsky was drafted, because you could give him that that leash that other franchises couldn't to try to hit that superstar ceiling, and it wouldn't hamper your plans because you were always planning uh, to be picking to the top of the draft, and, and eventually it, it, it got you Josh Giddy and everything. 
Um, I, I think that that context can get lost when you just go back and look at who was drafted around Poku and, and, and how they're better than him at this current you know, stage. And the last thing I think that cannot be forgotten about Pokashevsky was on draft night. He was two years away from being two years away and, and the jokes about how uh, you know no one nationally thought that the Thunder were going to bring him over until the year we're in right now. And so he's even young in terms of in terms of many people didn't think he would be ready to even be at the NBA level until this season. He would have been like, like a draft and stash kind of guy. And so there, there's just a ton that, that gets muddied up when talking about Poku because you've been watching him for so long. You've heard so many people talk about him and it just gets exhausting. And it feels like we know and the jury's out. But I still believe that that November stretch can be who he is. And I want to talk about that November stretch coming up. But first, I want to say right now about our good friends over at Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs is great, folks. You can go there right now to birddogs.com slash locked in NBA. You can use the promo code also locked in NBA to get a free tech hat when you do. Check them out at birddogs.com because they have some very, very versatile clothing for you. You can wear these clothes and, 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 and these khaki shorts especially. They are designed to be worn to like a business meeting and look professional, look put together but they're flexible, they're comfortable, they're breathable enough to wear them on a night out, to wear them to play pickleball or whatever you want to go do. So check them out today at birddogs.com slash locked in NBA. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NBA. You will not want to miss out on these great shorts because uh, it, it's great. And whenever you use that at checkout, that locked in NBA code at checkout, uh, you're going to get a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked in NBA for that free water bottle at checkout. So check it out today because we promise you, you will not want to take your bird dogs off. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you, talking Thunder Basketball. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode. And let's just look back at Poku in November. And the, and the phrase that, that people kept using around Poku was him being a connector, and he totally was. Like He was a, a, a great piece to use to connect the offense together. Um, and... As I said before, I, I I don't know this for a fact, but I'm just saying from my observations, it looked like he stopped putting that pressure to be the 16th overall pick and to be the superstar and whatever on himself and instead resided to just playing his role. And in the month of November, it resulted in 11 points, five rebounds, and an assist per game. He had 26 blocks in 13 games, and 12 of those games he started. And he shot 45% from three. If he can do this over the course of a season, like that is a really good player. And his help side blocking was incredible as a rim protector. It unlocks so many different lineups that you can use that include him and Chet Holmgren. It allows you to keep a similar style of play. Like, like if Poku is just going to be swatting obscene shots like he was in November and shooting 45% from three like he did in November, okay, the 45% from three, uh, that is a bit inflated. Let's say he, he drops down to 40 or 38% from three. If he's able to do that, if he's able to block shots, uh, stretch the floor from three, and play in a reduced role, it not only gives you the potential to pair him with Chet in certain lineups, not starting-wise, but just 
playing him in lineups in the flow of a game, but also it allows you to put him in the middle in your secondary unit and keep the same style of play, getting out in transition third and pace last year, keep the same style of play that you want to keep with the starters, only with that secondary unit. And then uh, you can have other guys who are change of pace guys, like Kenny Hustle at the five is a very small, small ball five. Uh, Jay Will is more of the, the, the even though he is also not tall, but he is the more uh, brunty, is that the word? Brunt, bruntful? Br- brutal? He's the more sturdy starting value. You know, he's a more sturdy center that the Thunder have on their roster. So they can sh- shuffle through the Rolodex of of a bullpen of centers to get the right combination for a certain matchup. But if he is who he looked to be in November, then Pokashevsky will be a totally different player and be be regarded as a totally different player than he is to this point. The issue is it was only 13 games, you know, and he played well in October. He played well in December too. So it was a little more than 13 games, but you know, that November stretch of course only lasted 13 games and then he got hurt. And, and, and again, he did play games after he got hurt, but it, it didn't happen at the end of the season. It doesn't even really count for me personally. I can't hold that against him because I saw the, the rehab process and what he looked like with the blue and everything. Uh, it, it, his season ended that night against San Antonio uh, in December. And so now you feel bad for him because he's put behind the eight ball. He's he's had little work since December. I mean, you think about it. Since that December injury, he was he was on the shelf for so long. Fought back, you know, tried to come back. Did did play NBA minutes, um, you know, toward the end of last season. Then it's the off season. Okay, played some of my best basketball in November. Played some of my, my best basketball before the turn of the calendar year. Um, you know, entering a contract year, which is a huge offseason for guys. The FIBA World Cup's going on. He he made the 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 team, but then decided to instead um, focus on preparing for the NBA. And he got hurt in July with that arm injury. Okay, he's hurt for the July. He's sidelined, gets back, and is able to ramp up heading into training camp. Because again, training camp's only two weeks away. So like that's what the Thunder were do, were doing is is you know the, the, a lot of these guys are back in Oklahoma City. A lot of these guys are working out the facility and 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 getting prepared to play uh, this season. And he goes up and lands on somebody's foot. Like like this could happen to literally any player in the world and any person that plays basketball in the world. You can always jump up and land on somebody's foot and hurt your own ankle. And that's what happened to him. And now he's sidelined. And now so you know you look back and he's played very little basketball since December. Very little. Uh, in the grand scheme of things as an NBA player. And he's going to be playing catch up to get rehabbed, to get prepared and get ready to go this season. And so it's tough to hold this season against him, you know, no, no, no matter what it looks like in terms of rest, in terms of rust, in terms of uh, any of that. Look at Jeremiah Rumson Earl. I mean, he had that massive ankle sprain and never looked the same again uh, all of last year. And, and even in Summer League, didn't quite look the same, but he, he had a bit more mobility in that one game he played in Summer League. But still, um, it's going to be interesting to see how quickly Poku can hit the ground running whenever he returns. And you just feel for him. And you, and you hope that this is an easy recovery and uh, he'll be back and, and better than ever and every all that good stuff. But uh, I do think that the most interesting aspect of this is not the rotation. It's not uh, even you know, how it impacts the Thunder on the court this year. I think that the most interesting thing is what we talked about at the start of the show, and it's this contract. 
and what this does for for a potential contract extension or what this does for him embarking on restricted free agency where the Thunder have typically not let guys hit, but nonetheless, we'll figure it out. We'll see. And we'll be here to cover, cover it all on locked on thunder. So subscribe anywhere. Use your podcast from including on YouTube, subscribe on all other podcasting platforms as well. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another.